and welcome to episode 77 of the British Wrestling Experience on postwrestling.com and I'm your host Martin Bushby and joining me as always this month is Benno. Benno, how are you this month mate? Um, you know, pubs are all open and stuff now, you know, we can meet people indoors, it seems that we're going to some level of normalcy over here in the UK. Yeah, it's nice but to be able to go out and yeah, actually sit inside places and be around people as weird as that is. I went to a we family had a barbecue the other week, but like I had me um, I've got like a, a lot of elderly aunties and second cousins and things <laughs> like that. And they were all like leaning in for kisses and going for hugs and stuff. Like I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm that comfortable. <laughs> I know we've all had our vaccines, but bloody hell, that's a that's a bit much. But other than that, like strangeness of uh, yeah, I kind of got used to it again, being able to go out and have a, a bit of freedom and that it's my birthday next week. So hopefully planning to uh, to go out into town or like we are in a position now where you've got to, you can only go out with six people, can't you? So you've got to pick your uh, your five best mates. Oh, yeah, that might uh, be tricky like for you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got 300 people to narrow it down from, mate. It's going to be, uh, it's got to be tough. Um, but now the week, obviously the week after that, there's uh, a big TNT weekend where supposedly everything opens again. So maybe mm. have some proper celebrations then, but we'll see if that data remains and uh, <laughs> we actually do get those uh, extra freedoms on the uh, 21st of June. Yeah, exactly. It will be interesting to see. But yeah, like just to reiterate what you said, it just seems like um, it's normal now, and it? it's being able to meet up with people indoors and things like that. Um, my back mm-hmm. palace is certainly suffering for it, though. And it is obviously the weather's been cracking, but also uh, joining us uh, from Graps and Claps, it's a uh, do 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 himself, Mister uh, <laughs> Mister Andy Ogden. Andy, thanks for uh, coming on with this month. How's it going, mate? Not too bad, Martin. Not too bad, Ben. Oh, no, it's. Uh... All going well, like uh, Ben all said. It's nice to uh, get back out to the old pubs and uh, especially for you, buddy. Old don'ts. Oh, I know. I bet you. I bet you've been in it hard, haven't you, mate? Um, you were telling me off air, but you went to sail, and then um, and then obviously we'll talk a minute. You went to a, a live wrestling show as well, didn't you? I did. Yes. Um, well, generally, like um, like over the past year, I've been getting beer in, like beer deliveries from mm. House of Trembling Madness in uh, in York and Eaton Ops in Stockport. So, it's I'm sort of like spending it in the pub now, what I would have been spending at home. But no, it was nice nice to get back to a, a wrestling show, getting the routine of having a couple of pints before and meeting up with old faces that knots in for. Good God! Since the last Future Shot show in September, which was the which was the last show I went to nine months ago, um, no, um, always good at Future Shot. Sim- similar routine like last time: fifty or sixty people there, giving you the old temperature check as you went in. Thankfully, passed that, and uh, yeah, no. Is that all it was? There's no, um, like COVID test or anything like that, or did you get one at home before you went or anything like that? No, nothing, nothing at all. I've had me like COVID jab a couple of, couple of weeks ago, but no, mm. no proof of having a test and what have mm. you. But it, generally, all the because it as a venue when it's at full capacity, capacity holds about two hundred at most max. Mm. It's a very hot venue when it's like mm. two hundred people in there. But uh, no, it was well spaced out, well organised, and. All like one way systems in, one way systems out. Very good. What was the uh, so what sort of venue are we talking here? Was it sort of like a working man's club or it's, what? It's, it's the Masonic Guild Hall's very much like a, a church, so like a church hall. Mm. So they've uh, been running there for I think ever since the start of it. Yeah, I've been 
expensive ass shows years ago. Like I'm back. I think I've been first time I went to a show there. It was like 2006. They stopped running it for a while, didn't they? Like, I'm sure they, like they weren't going to go back, but they're, they're back again. Yeah, they were running the uh, Stockport Town Hall, which is just down the road, which is an excellent venue in itself. But mm. I think there was sort of like management issues with the uh, Town Hall, so they moved back to the Sonic Guild Hall. It's had a bit a bit of a lick of paint as well. Mm. Uh, nice green number. It's still got the picture of the Queen in the middle. <laughs> of course it has. <laughs> <laughs> what but, was the uh, What nothing. was the wrestling like then? What who was on it? Anybody? Any sort of like familiar names and stuff? Yeah. So like, uh, ha- like during the halftime break, I seen a friend of mine, Chris Egan, and I was saying like, this is like the Northwest Division of Progress Wrestling. Half the people are on here. Like Young Guns were on in the main event against. Uh, a local tag team synergy who were uh, I did liken them to Bebop and Rocksteady off the Teenage Mutant Ninja Two <laughs> Fix Set guys are really really good. Um, so they were on Lana Austin were on uh, Big Guns Joe was on. Uh, they, they've got they're sort of building up a new like uh, bad guy for the promotion. JJ Webb. He's, he's a bit of a, a a bit of a gobby shite, but. He's he's been built up in the right way, and he he won the mm. adrenaline title after uh, Callum Corey like vacated it. So he ended up having a match with Big Joe and beat him. And yeah, he he looks like the one that's setting up for success in the promotion. It, it they've still got like a few of the older heads around, like Damon Lee still there. Sam Bailey were on uh, being Tom Farewell. I did like I did liken it to. Uh, it very much feels like a League One football team. You know where you've got like the promising youngsters, yeah, who, who could be ready for a big move. It, it does feel like a Peterborough United. Mm. Where the, the, get, the youngsters are ready for their million pound move, but you've got the old heads there. It'll be like a James Coppinger, a, a Akin Fenwer up front, like oh. keeping Damn. the ship steady. Damon Lee's one where like he trained me. Like I he's probably been wrestling now, probably about 15, 16 years, maybe, maybe seven. I think he started like 2003, four. Like he's got to have been wrestling at this point longer than some of these young lads on this show, these shows are alive. He must be getting to that point. I think he did say during um because I they did a second show in the evening, but he did he did a promo in the evening show where he was against uh, Tom Farewell, he beat him. Mm. He says, I've been wrestling 17 years, which is as long as this lad's been alive. And, uh, <laughs> Terrifying. He's actually, he's actually going for uh, the Future Shop title, I think, at the next or the one after that against uh, Sonadurs. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's so good, Thelwell. He's like, he's, Thelwell's like, he's like the third young one, isn't he? I've heard you say that about him before. He's like yeah. someone some people should watch out for. Like if people are seeing the young guns and like progress and the like and thinking they look good, he's like, he's right in that group with them, isn't he? Yeah, de- definitely so. He's he's grown a new tattoo on his hand, which which don't look don't look too bad. But no, he had a, a very good match with uh, Sam Bailey. I'm I'm like a big fan of Farewell. I think he's like you say he's up he's up there with the young guns. The young guns actually um, in the in the main event we're playing a bit more like cocky, like more heelish persona, mm. but. The presentation of them in Future Shock is so different to what what you'd seen like progress and we'll get into that later. Whereas like Ethan Allen's doing more like gobby stuff on the outside, like uh, getting your shit head and stuff like that. Whereas on mm. progress, he's not doing as much as uh, the gabbing from the uh, 
like the corner, which it's mm. always good to see someone showing enthusiasm from the corner, wanting to be tagged in and just giving it the big one. Yeah, definitely. Who else? Um, who else? Uh, sort of run on that show apart from Thelwell is, is worth looking out for then. Um, like I said, uh, I thought Synergy were very good, and um, mm. they also had because uh, the Manchester Pro Wrestling Academy got shut down because uh, like the owners of that got named in speaking out, right? So they, they got a couple of their like trainees come through. The, like in the first match, uh, like an Australian lad, Lackland Sharp, who's got. A very noticeable uh, mullet like Craig Johnston from uh, Liverpool in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, there's him. There's obviously Farewell. There was another lad in the uh, the first match, uh, John McKean, I think he was called. Uh, Oscar Byron, who's one of Future Shock's uh, trainees, who, who comes out dressed like he's um, come off a night out from the Northern Quarter. He comes out to... <laughs> Every day is like Sunday by Morrissey, which I think, what a belting theme tune. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite funny. No, so have, so you got, have you got many other shows like lined up for this summer then? Yeah. So I'm um, going to be doing TNT, hopefully, in a couple of weeks uh, for Man. the double header. Going to be making uh, a couple of new trips, going to uh, Morecambe in August uh, for Odyssey Pro Wrestling. And uh, a big one I'm looking forward to, and I don't think anyone said they're looking forward to going to Clee Forbes, but uh, <laughs> going watching uh, BWR Wrestling there on 9th of July. So we're going for the show, and then day after, there's like a good couple of like breweries around there, and just make a weekend of it. And the uh, the infamous barge in Grimsby, you've got to go to that. It's uh, exactly what it says on the tin a pub on a barge. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they've changed it in about 30 years and it's probably exactly the same as it was in 1975. So, yeah, that's uh, certainly a public character. That's definitely well worth checking out when you're uh, around that area. But um, I suppose, shall we move on to uh, some NXT UK? Because we all watched the uh, latest episode um, prior to recording this and uh, it opened up with Walter making his, his big return to basically say that, you know, the sight of him as champion wasn't going to change any time soon. And, um, I was kind of just trying to rack my brain, Benno. I mean, maybe build up Ilya for a sort of like a big, you know, when live crowds return in the UK. But other than that, can you think of many challenges uh, for Walter? Because he's held this belt for um, a long while, hasn't he? Yeah, that's it. Like, I, I can understand the temptation to just keep it on him forever. <laughs> like, I think that's the way it seems to be going. Because I saw the um, they did a tweet, didn't they, where they were talking about like, do we do, like the proper WWE account, talking about like the longest reigning champions they had, and he was, you know, by far ahead. And Kaylee Ray was on there at one point, but we'll we'll talk about that in a bit. But like, he yeah is like the guy. But that's to know. Yeah, there isn't really an option unless you go to it. Unless you go to an Ilya rematch, maybe and try and you know with a crowd maybe go with you know a rematch of the match of the year from last year which it genuinely was you know as much as that pains me to say on a nxt uk mc <laughs> arena show was probably my match of the year for last year but it was and if you do that rematch in front of a crowd again mm. you know, the 
reputation of that match and you know you'd imagine people would be into it for that reason if i think if they they go that route and do it with Ilya and yeah do it in front of a crowd i think that that is absolutely the way to do it because you're right there isn't anyone else there's no one obvious is there unless you bring in someone from outside or mm. those crazy osprey rumors we were all hearing a few weeks ago <laughs> and poo-pooed now there's no way that's happening but you know somebody like that comes in i don't think there's anyone on the roster really you could do it with other than other than that route unless you can think of someone no, no, no. I was just because I was going to ask Andy. So, do you watch NXT UK on a on a weekly basis, Andy? Oh, I'm one of the regulars at eight pm every <laughs> night. Twice <laughs> NXT UK expert, Andy Ogden. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, I was think, I was thinking maybe like from tonight, all the, maybe pushing the Jordan Devlin to that. Maybe do Walter Devlin, but last week they had um, Joe Coffey and uh, Rampage Brown have a match where. 50-50 booking as ever with WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Coffey got his win, so I was a bit worried last week when thinking, oh, God, Joe Coffey's going to shit the bed for the third time in the mm-hmm. space of about a year or two. But thankfully, you come out and does look like they should be going down that route because they have been building Ilya up as uh, maybe the next challenger. He's had, like, you know, doubts in his head and... Been doing yeah. the old Bob Backlund routine, going crazy, staring <laughs> at fans, learning from learning from the master Shawn Michaels. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, nah, it looks like they're going down the Ilya route. Just, I think they're just hoping maybe they can get get it in front of fans somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, um, you mentioned him then. Obviously, Devlin was back on the show as well, weren't he? Last time I saw him, I think, was over Mania weekend. He was on NXT proper, weren't he? Beat Saxon Huxley on this one. I mean, do you, I mean, obviously, very controversial figure, Benno, but could you see him sort of like them going down the route um, that OTT went down and building up a big match between them two? Yeah, maybe you could see the temptation to do something like that. Do I personally want to see it? No. Do no. you know, I personally feel comfortable seeing him on shows with some of the people he's interacting with as well, including the GM. No. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's a weird one, really. I, I wonder, you know, we're talking about live crowds, once you get, you know, people like him and some of the others on this NXT UK roster in front of crowds, is that NXT UK audience going to care? Are they going to, you know, have a particularly negative response that's not one that's part of the show to some of these guys? Um, I think you you might well run that risk depending on, you know, how far in the bubble that, you know, those, the people who do still turn out for uh, NXT UK live shows are. Um, so personally, yeah, I wouldn't recommend going that route. I think, I think uh, Ilya is definitely a, yeah, because I mean, well, yeah, not even thought about that, um, about that option with, um, with Devlin, um, because obviously, you know, like you say, when live crowds do come back, and it's been proven time and again, people aren't just going to forget this stuff. So as much as WWE want to, uh, you know, you know, shove it under the carpet, people aren't going to forget. So um, it will be just to see what the reaction is to him, uh, you know, when live shows come back. Um, pretty deadly seem to be on uh, most of these NXT UK shows. Um, obviously, someone sees a lot in them. I thought they were fairly amusing on commentary. But um, they're another one that got scooped up before, you know, they'd even had a chance to have a cup of coffee on the indies. But... Um, well, you thought some pretty deadly, Andy, because they they seem to be, uh, you know, you know, all over these NXT U- UK shows week in week out. To to be honest, I've been I've been quite a big fan of theirs um, since they've come on to NXT UK. I always remember, like before before they went to Enfield, they had a, a great 
opening tag match against the Young Guns at Progress. And mm. um, like you said, that like they did get signed up, did feel like they get signed up too soon. But in the last couple of weeks, he's seen to have done a lot of appearances on CBBC. Um, oh wow! Getting <laughs> everything so. Uh, they, they look like that type where, you know, you can stick them on like a morning show and they'd be quite entertaining to chat to. But the uh, the feeling I, I got from, like, um, this week's episode of NHT UK was they were good on commentary, but it does feel like um, like the next opponents are T-Bone and Primate. It's just like tag team of the week because mm. the lack of tag teams about it does make me think, will they dip into the progress resources to get uh, the two Lycoses or maybe the young guns to, you know, fresh it, freshen it up a bit? Because there's only so many times you couldn't go to the well with Gallus or <laughs> even what they call subculture. <laughs> we were doing that Holly Oak style promo mm. like uh, <laughs> a minute or two before before this match aired. Because, yeah, the, there is a shortage of uh, tag teams about there. Yes, I'd not actually considered that actually, Benno. Yeah, I suppose um, you know if they are you know building up sort of pretty deadly, you know they are going to have to have a few opponents for them. Could you see them going into progress and sort of like nicking a few tag teams from there for a couple of weeks? It would make sense. I mean, I again, you know, I think the Young Guns are a team where you know you you kind of think at this point in their career that they're, they're a team that you'd hope would keep their options open. You know, they're a team that, you know, could easily follow like a Chris Ridgeway to Japan or, you know, maybe work a bit or even a bit of Rev Pro and maybe get, you know, get into, you know, different companies that way and maybe make a bit more of a name for themselves internationally. But I think ever since they started appearing on progress shows, your, your brain does kind of go to that, doesn't it? It's like, okay, they're on that, like, you know, if, 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 if progress is really the NXT UK feeder system that it kind of appears to be, then, you know, they're not that many steps away from uh, getting called up. Um, so I think, I think there's every, every possibility of it. I think it would make sense as well. Like why have, you know, progress done this tag tournament they've done where they've tried to, you know, mix and match, you know, different individual guys and make teams out of them. And like, like, you know, we're going to talk about later, you know, go strong with the, uh, the two Lycosses as a team. And like you said, like talking about go strong with, with the young guns as well. It, it might make sense that, yeah, they, you know, with a lot of the, the same people behind the scenes of progress as, as there are at NXT UK, they might just look at it and go, yeah, they're people we can use to, to shore up the division. I'd worry about it though. I think at this young stage of their career, the young guns, mm. they do, you know, never mind the name. They do look very young. And I think the temptation might be if you put them on WWE TV to kind of treat them as a more of a lower end team. I, I could m- imagine them getting NXT UK appearances, but being you know the team that gets beat on TV most weeks rather than being like stars in the division. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility, but I, I, I don't know if they'd maybe you know be a featured act as much as maybe they they look to be on Progress, which is kind of NXT UK's beat show at this point. Yeah, I think it is, mate. It is too soon for him. So, um, yeah, maybe sort of like a, a few more gals around the loop and, you know, just stick them on progress if that's um, before moving up to NXT UK. Um, but I suppose, you know, we've circled around it onto the main event, you know, rematch from uh, a couple of months ago where uh, Miko Satomura against Kaylee Ray. And um, Miko's been having some decent matches in NXT UK against like likes uh, of Valkyrie. Um, 
I really enjoyed this match. Um, you know, it started off quite slow and I was like, uh, this isn't quite grabbing me. But then, you know, they had Kaylee Ray on top for a lot of this, you know, trading submissions and that. And Miko, I thought, was fantastic firing up, hitting Kaylee Ray with everything she had until she beat her with the uh, Scorpio Rising to um, to win the NXT UK Women's Championship. And that's another belt that uh, has been held for quite a long time. Kaylee Ray held that for, um, for, for ages. So, yeah. Going all the way with uh, Miko here, Andy. Yeah, um, for, for, for myself, um, like very similar thoughts to yourself, Martin. Like the opening portion of the match, I thought wasn't as good as their first match at the BT Sports Studio, and a mile away from their match, what they had at Eve uh, at York Hall a couple of years ago. There, there was a, a portion of the match where Kaylee Ray did that, like that springboard into the ring. And like need Mako in the face, uh, and it looked by accident, it looked a bit rough that. And then Miko later in the match give her a bit of a receipt back when she did that. I think it was like a Scorpio rising kick or a, a flipping knee right into Kaylee Ray's head. Uh, but as it as it went on, no, I thought it was uh, turned into a good, really good match. Actually, before before the match, there was a. A funny, like you could have got as a meme where Mako was praying in the background, um, probably for an extra sausage on a breakfast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there was stuff like Kaylee Ray going for uh, like all the super bits, uh, super book, uh, super kicks, like the young books. Um, and also N- Nigel McGuinness having uh, multiple orgasms on the comment. Mm. <laughs> oh, God, he was like Harry Met Sally, weren't it? Wait, yeah, wait, wait. he's certainly channeling Mala Ranano, isn't he? Uh, when he's doing these, he's doing commentary on some of these main events, Benno. Oh yeah, yeah. The commentary was, you know, yeah. I used to think Nigel was a good commentator, like when it was Ring of Honor and stuff. I remember like our early UK takeover reviews where I'd kind of be like, you know, the commentary wasn't great, but I still do like have a soft spot for Nigel. He has kind of gone yet yeah, fully into the WWE system at this point. I'll. It wasn't. It wasn't so much him every time, but I lost track of the amount of times I heard the words "final boss" and "forever champion." Mm. Like <laughs> they were nailing that one. Man. They like throughout the show. They've got their. Uh, they've got their WWE directive, but I. Would say this is a match where you know you can get away maybe with, with being like that because it was builders, you know, this epic kind of final showdown between these two. You know, we were critical, weren't we, when they brought uh Miko in and immediately, you know, had to get beat by Kaylee Ray, and it was kind of like, okay, where to now? And obviously, the, the, the end result was, well, we're going to go back to the match, and she's going to win the second time still maybe slightly odd booking for the way you want to present a legend like like Miko, but can't say it didn't work because, yeah, this, you know, as, as you both said, this match it was very good. You know, it was like a four-star region match, um, maybe if you, maybe with Mute on, um, so you can get rid of the commentary <laughs> and the, uh, the this is awesome chance they seem to uh, to pipe in amongst the uh, the golf claps near the end when they got a little bit uh, overexcited with that button. But yeah, again, it, it, was, it was, you know, a match that maybe, deserved a little bit of uh i don't know overindulging from from the commentators and it was you know really well done as far as you know making it look like miko was done again you know kaylee ray you know almost killed her a couple of times in the match they sold it like she'd almost killed her and and that miko was kind of coming back from the dead and then you know rather than go to the finish there there was kind of an an extra act uh in the match in the end where you know miko's as good as anyone at you know fighting back and you know sh- kind of showing that you know that spirit and showing that you know that will to win kind of that, that 
premium level babyface fire that you know here is one of the best wrestlers in the world these last 20 odd years uh has gotten a locker um still strange that you know we're talking because Satamora is like an nxt uk talent what a strange place for her to end mm. up what a strange country for her to end up living in you know as andy just joked about there you know the the breakfast at red wings were obviously uh she was obviously more into them than, than we all thought because she <laughs> seems to love it over here doesn't she and you know i don't think i don't even think she is headed anywhere else in the WWE system i can't see it in nxt proper i can't see it in wwe proper for certain i think no she's you know, fully moved over here now isn't yeah. she and i assume she's working oh. as some kind of trainer in enfield Mm, so maybe that's what it is yeah yeah that combination with doing the training so it could just be a stopgap you know covid is still a thing and maybe eventually the plan is to put her somewhere else maybe nxt japan comes to fruition but instead you know she's kind of being presented as much as a joke about the whole final boss thing um as the final boss of, of nxt uk and as the you know the, the top woman there so you know i think that's a you said Kaylee Ray had the title for way longer than even I'd remembered. Uh, I didn't realize she she quite had it as as long as she had. And now you can, you know, from just a pure booking point of view, yeah, you can go with a long Miko run now, can't you? With her, you know, fighting off different challenges and having the belt herself for a long period. So yeah, I think it's a it's a fair choice if you uh, if you look at that NXT UK women's roster. It's sort of like where you, you who can you see like. Uh taking the belt off her, maybe a B priest when she turns up in maybe like mm. six months and that. But then again, you could see a similar run to like what Walter has just turns up for one match, one match every couple of months, beat, mm. beat, beats the challenger of the week and then goes away, goes away for a couple. Oh, there's Millie McKenzie as well, isn't there? They could build up, they could yeah. do some stuff with her, build her up and have a sort of like, you know, have a big crowning moment for her beating um there, yeah, there are a couple of people, and like you say, B Priestley sort of like inevitably coming in soon. So there are a couple of people that they could maybe build up to be. But um, I suppose in other happenings, uh, not from this show, but sort of like over the past month, we had a uh, Tyler Bate be a kid for the Heritage Cup, uh, going six rounds. This one, um, and we also had a random video of Tyler doing blindfold nunchucks, with you know trying to make him look like Bruce Lee, which I thought was a. Uh, totally random but um yeah tyler's like like and they've reformed uh, mustache mountain as well haven't they andy they have yeah um it's like just going back to the uh the the, the old is in it well literally trench, trench, <laughs> old. um it, it was interesting to see an actual british rounds match and one nil mm. I, I was like off my seat like <laughs> on two one like every other week they've had a british rounds match but it's one of them. I know it's a nice title for like Tyler, but he should have been in NXT USA a year or two ago. He's it sort of just like slots him in that place of top of the mid card with uh, your other fellas, T T Man and uh, A Kid, all, all, all them Nathan Nathan um, Fraser. Well, that. I would say with Nathan Fraser, one week he was beating Shah Samuels, next beat next week he's tagging with uh, Jobber to the Jack Stars. It's like, what plans have they really got for him? I know when I saw that result, I was like, eh? I was like, oh, I thought they were, you know, he was, you know, they brought him in and they were, you know, building me up and talking about all this stuff with Seth Rollins and that. And then uh, a couple of weeks later, his team with Jack Stars thought that was. Completely random, but I suppose he's got food on the table is what the main the main thing that um, yeah. anybody cares about there. Isn't it? Well, we Ready for Benno to take it off the table. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Look, he can have as many Red Wings breakfasts as he wants. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that level of food. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I suppose I know um, Andy noted there that, you know, we all thought Tyler Bate would be sort of like follow the same track as Pete Dunn, but obviously he had that time in the wilderness and he seems to have, have, have gone backwards. But I suppose, you know, this is them maybe trying to build him up again, having him build this Heritage Cup and then he's another one they could uh, build up for Walter again. Yeah, he's got every hallmark of like, you know, the the young Premier League footballer who gets too much too young. Um, you know, he was extremely young when when he was, you know, winning that the original WWE UK tournament and then, you know, things flame out and, you know, we we all hear rumors and we all hear, you know, things that maybe could have happened behind the scenes that have caused that and, you know, things that maybe in his personal life or just, you know, if you want to be charitable and really charitable about it, you know, the 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 pressure, you know, getting to a, a young wrestler at that point. But I don't know if I've got a huge amount of sympathy for that. Yeah, he's kind of he's gone that route, hasn't he? Of like, yeah, the, the promising youth player who just kind of, you know, his best years are when he's, you know, really young and and, and then you don't really see much of him. So I can understand them going back to the, you know, the the trend seven combination because really what else are you going to do with with trend seven as well you're trying to recapture a little bit of that glory but it, it does appear like he's spinning his wheels really and, you know if again if you know he was out of his own way and you know if he was in maybe a different wrestling company you know if he was signed at you know that young age to you know a, a big japanese company or he was you know traveling the world you know maybe get a bit more life experience and be you know maybe with you know we'd see the improvements you know where you're looking at a wrestler who's like 18 years old and saying oh he could be potentially one of the best in the world you know we'd see that that potential be realized but I don't think we're seeing it being realised within the WWE system, and yeah, I think it says everything that that, that they've, you know, one they took him off TV for a while, two he looked a complete shell of himself when he came back to TV, um, and who knows the the reasons behind all of that, um, and then yeah, they, they've kind of put him backwards in a team with Trent Seven again. It just says really, they, I don't think they've got particularly any good ideas for him, and you know, even Pete Dunne, you know, what, what's he really doing? He's on NXT TV every week, so that's that's a success, I suppose. But is he ever going to make the main roster? Is he ever going to get higher on the roster? No. And if that's his ceiling, you know, at this point, this Tyler Bates, you know, in 2021, I think his ceiling's quite a bit lower than that. So yeah, that would probably pump the brakes on all the talk about Tyler Bates being a hot prospect at this point. I think, uh, yeah, maybe, you know, he, he might well have wasted it. I would yeah. say talking about um, Trent Seven, uh, they had that match with Sam Gradwell the other week, which was a bit of a wrong result because, like, if if anything, like NXT UK, like two stars for me, who they've sort of made, or, or or wrestlers who've made the best of their time on camera, have been Sam Gradwell and uh, Shah Samuels. So Sam Gradwell is someone who they should put should have put over Trent big, and like giving him a bit of a push more to the top. But uh, yeah, no, they, they they just go down. The problem is everyone's still got their own like positions slotted, and Trent's yeah. like that top top echelon. Always got to go over, even though they're not going to do much with him. Hmm. Sam Gradwell is someone who who needed the win that week. It was a good match. I enjoyed that. Like Gradwell, to be fair to him, like he's you know I've got a. Same as you, Andy, a bit of bias for Gradwell just from, you know, seeing him in the Northwest and seeing him pro- progress over, uh, you know, a long period of time. He's a weird one, isn't he? Because he'd like, to me, he's more of a WWE wrestler than a indie style wrestler. Mm-hmm. And NXT UK is kind of filled with 
dudes who are, you know, good on the indies and, you know, in a lot of ways still kind of work that indie style. He's like, he's someone who I remember like in the mid 2000s, a lot of, or the late, late 2000s, a lot of like talk of him being like, oh, he could be the next, you know, Regal thinks he's going to be the next John Cena. That was kind of the talk amongst like the, the Northwest wrestling scene. And, you know, I think maybe that's a, a really high ceiling, but that's more the type of wrestler he is, isn't he? He's, he's, he's actually in a way more main roster than, than kind of, fitting a product like this he's getting over with the quirky personality and character pieces and stuff like that but as far as like a a wrestler goes he's more of like a traditional kind of american style wrestler if you know what i mean like a tv wrestler than a than the type of wrestler that tends to be what they go with in, in an nxt uk he's very yeah, he was um he was brilliant doing them promos and stuff i thought he was hilarious doing him on um you know, when he was doing that stuff with Ilya and that, I thought he was, I thought he, I thought he showed a lot of personality and showed, certainly a lot more personality than um, after the NXT UK roster. Yeah, he's, he's very similar to uh, Gibson in the way he did like, Yeah, the, I can see that. But, but also when he was in uh, probably the latter days of GPW, we, he held like the British title, which was their like second belt. Mm. And he sort of elevated that to. Came like the top belt, didn't it? Came like the top belt, but. He'd always face like your Pete. I think he faced Pete Dunn like six months after he got beat off him at NXT UK. He'd faced, uh, um, what's he called? Flash Morgan Webster as well. And they're both mm. excellent matches. And yeah, I, I'd agree with Benno. He's definitely a more WWE style wrestler, but I always enjoyed him. Like, like my evenings at Inley on them, them Friday nights was always like great to see like Gradwell steal the show. And it's good to see that he's uh, making a good fist of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I suppose in in other related news, you know, we had um, we had cuts from WWE this past month, and um, I suppose the European interest here was uh, the former Tommy and Alistair Black, it seemingly out of nowhere. Considering it looked like he was about to head into a program with Biggie, and personally, I was always a fan of Tommy and you know enjoyed his tag team with Michael Dante as a Samarian Death Squad, um, but you know wrestlers are gonna wrestle and you know he's been all over twitch this past week basically saying <laughs> that you know vince loved all his ideas he had tons of ideas and then everyone in wwe was great uh basically so sort of like souring any fan support towards him by you know sucking up to wwe every turn despite you know not doing a great deal on the main roster i mean he had a bit of promise you know when he was uh tagging with ricochet and doing some stuff in nxt um yeah, and they let him go, and now we're getting rumours that um, he might be re-signing. I mean, that would be the quickest turnaround uh, since, I think, um, our other European interest in Spud, Benno. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's the route he's going for with these Twitch streams, because he's not really endearing himself, is he, to the hardcore audience? He's not exactly Cody putting his dream match list out. Instead, like you say, he's, he's talking about how, how, yeah, Vince always loved him, which is weird considering they just sacked him. And, you know, you can you can kid yourself it was Johnny Ace's decision or someone like that. It's it's Vince's uh, it's Vince's name on all the contracts, and it's Vince who makes those final calls. And, yeah, they're being quite defensive. Do you think um, Vince did the Ric Flair thing, and um, he had tears <laughs> in his eyes and said, I'm sorry, I love you as he ended in his pink slip <laughs> maybe that's what it is yeah that's uh yeah he's been he's been work there though because yeah you know he's and again like he's been very negative towards the internet in general and you know dirt sheets and you know news reporting which as far as i can tell all seems to be quite accurate you know about his wife and about you know him pitching to go uh, down to NXT and being turned down and you know he's arguing these minor points about it all I mean yeah it's not been a good look this last week for Tommy and the uh, latest episode of the Grapple Spotlight being called Tommy 
Bellend is a is no coincidence, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he he does need to just you know take his own advice and and stop coming online and stop recording podcasts and Twitch streams and just keep his mouth shut because you know I I think you're quite a lot higher on him Martin than, than I am. Um, he's just not a wrestler I was ever really a fan of as Tommy Endor in the WWE system. But that's not to say there's not value in him because clearly you know there's people who are you know hanging everywhere to these Twitch streams and think all of these wacky ideas. Yeah, about different colored lighting and different colored socks and such was all this big creative you know genius that was uh not let loose in the wwe system and you know even past that i think you know most people i seem to be an outlier rate them as a as a decent enough worker and i can kind of see past myself to see that yes you know if i was AEW or i was someone like that i'd, I'd take a chance on him and, and give him a go um i think he'd be foolish to go back to wwe considering everything that's happened uh, with him and his wife but uh would it shock me if it happened no um but yeah maybe maybe that is what he's uh he's angling for with all of this heavy bruce pritchard like uh continued praise of a uh, vincent the the creative team over there. What do you think's next for Alistair Black then, uh, Andy? If you don't sign with, uh, re-sign with WWE, well, obviously he's married to Zelina Vega. Assuming he's going to stay in America, I can't see him doing sort of big tours of Europe, you know, post-COVID if we end up coming out of it the other end of the summer and, you know, everything starts opening up a bit more. Um, I mean, could you, could you see him sort of like being AEW bound? Yeah, I, I... If he did anything in like Europe, it'd be WSW and that's it. A big weekend or something, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he was never he was never really in Red Pro, was he? So it's not really like, you know, that'd be a big homecoming for him, would he? He was always no, like a progress WXW guy. No, I actually saw Tommy and get beat in a dark match. Well, like a pre-show match on a Red Pro show against Josh Bolden of all people. And I think that 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 probably sums up what Andy Colden thought about Tommy End there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do see him in like um, I do see him in AEW, but then again, he's not from SmackDown 2010, so he probably <laughs> was AEW at the, mo- at the moment. Uh, but yeah, th- there's a place for him there, maybe an impact for mm. about a month or two. But they're, they're generally the two places where I think he'd he'd fit in. But apart from that, I do. I do, you know, actually see him going back to WWE. You know, I think them them rumours could be true, like he could go back. Yeah, and it would be, you know, it wouldn't be out of question because, you know, they did a similar thing with um, with Spud, didn't they? But um, I suppose AEW need to be careful, though, don't they, Benno? You know, bringing in, you know, and especially if they're not um, doing the right intros, as we saw with um, Andrade uh, this past <laughs> week. Yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? AW taking so many ex WWE guys that the it's not even the individual guys. You can make you can make an argument for everyone, can't you? As a good idea in principle, but it's when it's like okay, you've got a segment with Matt Hardy and Christian, followed by a segment with Mark Henry, followed by a segment with Vicky Guerrero, and you start to think, okay, like Andy said, this feels like 2010 SmackDown at this point. <laughs> but I, I do think, though, again, I, I'm probably the low man on this podcast on, on Alistair Black slash Tommy End, but I I still think you know him and. Andrade are the types of guys you make exceptions for, you know, the types of guys who, at least until this week, had a bit of cachet with a more hardcore style audience that the AW have got. He's someone as well who, you know, 
he wasn't hugely harmed, was he, by WWE booking? Because if anything, he went to the main roster and he was stop start so much, he never really actually got going. So it's mm. not like he was buried for a long time on TV. If anything, he's been out of sight, out of mind. And the, the thing most people remember him for is that NXT run. So that's a, a nice crossover with AEW as well. Um, but again, that is dependent on whether yeah, he does a spud and, a, and ends up back in the system. And also when you now the crowds are back and you look at the crowd reactions, it's more for sort of like AEW homegrown guys, like the guy we're about to talk about now. Uh, what a what a <laughs> segue that was. Um, nice. Anthony Antiagogo. I mean, so obviously we talked last uh, last month about some of his promo work uh, leading into this big match with Cody at Double or Nothing. Kenny has been fantastic, hasn't he? You know, leading into that match, you know, tons of momentum building up, you know, being very critical of the USA talking about their healthcare system and the like and um, even had a lot of uh, US fans saying you know he was the babyface going into that match and obviously you know he isn't an experienced wrestler and he's learning as he goes you know taking that into consideration I don't think he he fared too badly in the match you know he seemed to hit all his spots and you know it wasn't too clunky um, but I suppose the result was a, a thing a lot of people questioned with Cody getting the win um, you know Ogogo had all the momentum going into this one but um has the win really been taken out of his sails or was it way too early for him to be winning against such an established sort of like AW guy as a, as Cody here, um, Andy? Um, to be honest, I think Cody Rhodes still checking Brandy's baby scans. Can, can I still <laughs> win? <laughs> uh, oh, God. Uh, the I first fella to ever have a baby, you know, lads. No one's ever had a baby before Cody Rhodes. He's the no. first <laughs> Apparently. Like, Hang on, Paige is having a baby. We're not all doing somersaults about that. Oh, he has this one special. <laughs> oh, he's, he's doing an announcement on AEW this week. <sighs> is it? She's, she's having a baby tomorrow. Oh, like, get in the bin, mate. It's a boy. Yeah. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I had my money on Anthony Gogo that evening. I was... Thoroughly disappointed when I saw Cody Hurst Elmsley win the, uh, <laughs> the 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 match. Oh, it's just like put someone over, mate. You you've sort of like you did Pentagon over, you did your mate over the Human Spud Q, QT Marshall, and then Anthony Agogo, who and I know he's a new newcomer, but you've got he's a legitimate like fighter. You've got uh, got to put someone over mm. and. He took about 10 body shots, a head shot, and still got up from it. Obviously, he, didn't, he got up from a... He didn't recover from a shit punch like the week after on Dynamite. He went <laughs> spuds. But, uh, nah, totally, totally the wrong result. And, yeah, just every time I see Cody, I know they try to push him as a baby face, but every time he shows his face, I'm like, oh, get off my telly now, mate. <laughs> what what about you, Benno? Were you uh, what what were your thoughts on the results? Obviously, we were talking uh, last month, and we were saying, you know, if you really wanted to get Anthony Agogo with all this um, momentum leading into the match, if you really did want to get him over, sort of like in one night, the way would to be just for him to smash through Cody, and then Cody like go off and take some time off. But obviously, they didn't go down that route, did they? Yeah, I'm still. I mean, Dynamite makes it even more questionable why they didn't do it because you, know, you say you got you got Cody putting over QT Marshall. I know it was a, I know it was an Anthony Gogo punch that, and a, not a very good one that that led to the finish in that tag match. But you know, we're obviously continuing on down that route. I just think, as we said last month, uh, if you're going to do this story, just go go in full. You know, I don't think does anyone really want to see you know Cody carried 
you know, a raw Anthony Agogo to a perfectly acceptable three-star match. Did we really need that? Need that in a on a pay-per-view with a sea of other, you know, much better um, matches? I don't think we did. I think what what this needed was pure spectacle. What this this needed was to you know go all in on the uh, you know the uh, the. I didn't like the America versus you know UK thing. Anthony Agogo got me got me into it with his promos and it kind of got to a point where I was like, well, if we're going to do this, let's fully do this. You know, I've got the maker's entrance on, you know, on the back of a winged eagle or something like that. Or, you know, do, do go go full, you know, with the with the Britain America stuff and, and go full with like a Rocky kind of vibe and have, you know, a go-go get an early knockout and have Dustin holding a bloody Cody in the corner. And, you know, we build to a to a rematch where they have more of a, a proper, you know, back and forth. I think this this needed spectacle and you could have in one night night made a big star in AEW and Anthony Gogo. We could have, you know, been a a legitimate thing and really at this point after the pay-per-view and after dynamite don't get me wrong he's still you know more elevated than he was before the cody program so you can you know say that for cody but you know he's just another guy on the roster at this point isn't he really um he's still got the promos but he's kind of just another run-of-the-mill wrestler who has regular wrestler matches when he could have been a, a special attraction type guy yeah, no, that's very true. Yeah, it just does seem like another guy now, and it seems like a lot of the wind has been taken out of his sails rather than, you know, imagine the bragging rights he'd have. He's like, yeah, coming out of my first big match, you know, I smashed out, you know, one of the biggest stars you've got. What's next for me sort of thing? But, um, yeah, it, it does seem like a bit of a shame and a, and a lost opportunity. So is that what you think, Benno? They're going to go for another Cody match before Cody goes on maternity leave? Yeah, I maternity think so. Maternity leave, rather. Yeah, I thought it would happen already. Maybe, maybe he's not. Maybe he's truthful about not taking any paternity leave i think they are going circling back around to another match again but yeah you know i'm not as negative on you know i laugh at him a lot but i'm not as negative on cody <laughs> being a, a, a new jeff jarrett or a new you know triple h as far as the burial stakes go but probably wouldn't surprise me if you if beat a go go a second time because again if you're going to do the surprise win you probably would have done it already I keep half, his, half expecting my world to start when he uh <laughs> out the middle door <laughs> I bet I'll tell you what, I bet he's rightly rightly pissed off at the moment on that stage at Daly's place. They've only got one entrance. He's, he must be fuming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cody. Uh, and, and to uh, something sort of like closer to home, because obviously there has been a lot of talk about the future of Will Ospreay and, you know, him sort of like vacating the IWGP heavyweight belt and coming home with um with with a variety of injuries most specifically um on his neck and obviously speculation went into overdrive didn't it you know people saying he was maybe going to head to WWE or NXT UK you know which was poo pooed um, a, a week <laughs> or so later and um you know and and we had a, heard all the stuff about that a lot of foreign talent being unhappy with New Japan but it seems like a lot of the speculation was just that and Osprey's just um, back home to heal up um, Andy Cullen did say that Osprey will make a statement on one of the upcoming Red Pro shows this summer about his future as Red Pro champion. I mean, um, now the speculation's died down, Benno. I think it's just going to be, you know, in vacating the Red Pro belt for a while, isn't it? Maybe. I mean, I, I still think there's something off about this entire story, to be honest. You know, say I've got my tinfoil hat on, but, you know, I mean, our friends of Voices of Wrestling were on top of all this as far as reporting goes for this and what was kind of going on. 
but it still feels a bit murky. You know, yes, Osprey was hurt, you know, but was he so hurt that he really needed to vacate the belt? There was a little bit of disagreement on that. Was he so hurt that he absolutely needed to fly home? Was there something to the fact that a lot of the Gaijin talents aren't happy in New Japan with, you know, uh, the COVID protocols and, and New Japan being a bit haphazard with with bookings and the like? Was the you know, not to speculate too much about Osprey's personal life, but, you know, issues in his in his personal life to do, you know, with his uh, his relationship with B Priestley with you know, there's that's been reported um by, by various outlets as well. Mm. I, I still think it's a it's a strange issue. I, I to be honest, it reads to me like especially with Rev Pro not being as quick as New Japan to just outright strip the belt of him. I feel like Andy Quilden and Rev Pro are being a bit more careful and kind of just Biding the time, you know, we're, can make light of it that you know <laughs> wouldn't be the first time Rev Pro have gone months and months without their, their champion on a show, has it? So they <laughs> they can probably get away with holding off and holding off until we are proper in the swing of live shows again. And even then, they can probably get get away with a couple of months on top of that. Again, we've we've seen it happen before. They've got other belts they can put in the position um, instead. Um, I wonder. I, I don't know if it's as, as cut, cut and dry as that. As he just appears and he drops the belt, uh, maybe he does. Uh, but maybe use it as an angle to, to you know, to set something up with a, an RKJ or, or somebody like that, and you know, come down the line and and do like a, you know, a, an interim title match or or something along those lines. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe the fact that the Red Pro haven't acted as swiftly as New Japan makes me think either there's an angle coming, or or maybe you know they're they're trying to buy the time and just seeing you know how long Osprey truly is going to be out, and you know whether this is something where maybe they can eke out another few months and maybe get away with not even stripping them in the first place. I mean, I, I could see, uh, yeah, it's very similar to Ben, like where they are stringing out a bit to see how see how injured he is. But I think Red Pro's got their minds in the fire now with uh, Ricky Knight Jr. could be at the top of the car with a south side belt or maybe mm. in Or even if they don't want to use them at the top of the card, use uh, Jamie Ater against, say, a Giselle Shaw or a Kanji. Like top of the card, I think that'd set, sell tickets more than mm. more than anything. I know, I know, Will Osprey is a big big name, but I think Red Pro do have things there in place where they can uh, make it look good in the main event. Yeah, I think you're right there, Andy. And we certainly found out yesterday that Jamie Hayes has got a lot of fans online. So yeah, she certainly be. Uh, <laughs> she's, she... <laughs> And they announced that match today, didn't they? Um, so, yeah, she's certainly someone you can have headlining shows and things, and not just uh, for that comeback show they had last year. She certainly could be headlining a lot of these um, these touring shows and things like that if she is going to be on all of them. That's but the yeah, thing, isn't it? Like, whoever like, they put the belt on, are they going to be a draw anyway? You know, Osprey's mm. the draw, not the belt. So, yeah. you know, say you were going to put it on Ricky Knight Jr. Okay, one of the other belts on Ricky Knight Jr. instead, you know, go. You don't necessarily have to do it. Uh, yeah, I think if anyone's set up to get to, to weather this storm, I think it's Rev Pro. Sorry, Martin. No, no, no. I completely agree with you. And I think, like, just to reiterate what Andy said, then it did seem like, you know, they weren't obviously weren't expecting Osprey back this summer, were they? And mm, true, you know, when they were building up sort of like the south side belt, you know, to be the belt that's defended while you know the red pro belt's over in Japan. So, um, yeah, we'll be interested to see what he does say, um, during the statement. I think, um, uh, Andy Cullen did say that you know it's going to be on the, the one of the first couple of shows on this big tour they're doing. So, um, yeah, definitely be keeping an eye on that. It, um, Martin, Martin, I was going to say it's, the south side belt is basically your Sheffield title belt, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it, <laughs> it certainly is, is mate. Seen that one defended a few times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but moving on to the other sort of like big sudden promotion and uh, Progress, who had their uh, latest chapter 112, the flowers are still standing. And um, Andy, obviously, me and Benno have, have covered um, a couple of these Progress shows since they got back up and running again. Just have you been following along with them? Um, you know, some of your thoughts since they restarted a couple of months ago, just before we get into this one. Yeah, so it's probably been similar thoughts to uh, what you guys have uh, given about it, the commentary with uh, Hustle Malone and Charles Crowley. Now, Charles Crowley, he's, he's, he's going to be a bit of a Marmite figure. Now, he did that great movie at Christmas, which was very good to watch. Mm. First time I ever saw him was at Pinfall Pro in uh, Salford, he did, doing like a babyface character. I thought, oh, this is different. He, did, he, he, he sort of like uh, brought a balloon out with him, and if he ever got pinned, he'd, get, he'd have his balloon in, in his hand to raise his arm like that. <laughs> which I thought, oh, genius that, that could get over. Then next time I saw him, he was doing like a more um, heelish character. I thought, mm, this is a bit bit naff. But I, I, I did see the personality in the first time to think, oh, he could do all right. Then I heard his commentary. <laughs> Glenn, Glenn Joseph, Glenn Joseph all over. And Oh, wow. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> But um, the the actual presentation of it, it's just mm. like stuff to do your cleaning to, to be honest. <laughs> it, 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 while you got the vac on, have a bit of progress on in the background to make it a bit interesting, the cleaning. Uh, it's it's fine in places. They Obviously, they've uh, done more like the women's women's division recently, which has been good to see. Uh, the the progress world title belt absolutely running out of challenges for um, Karen Wah. Oh yeah, definitely. I think yeah, that's uh, that just seems to have got lost in the shuffle, especially when doing this tag tournament. But I suppose we can get into that sort of like talking about this show. But um, I mean, they must have heard you last month, Benno, on this very show. You know, talking about commentary because um, you know they did replace Charles Crowley um, with Ollie Spring teaming up with Hustle Maloney. Um, but um, an improvement, you know, um, obviously, you know, indie commentary is never the best, um, but, you know, an improvement on uh, on the last Progress show we talked about, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I would always say with commentary, it's the, the best compliments I can play commentary, and let's all be honest, the best compliments I can play British commentary is when you don't notice it, when they're not screaming down your ear, when, you know, like we said before, it's not like like this progress commentary has been on these last few shows where it's like the first time they've seen a German suplex when someone does one, or, you know, they, they act like everything's the best thing in the world or the biggest thing in the world, and therefore nothing is the biggest thing in the world, and it just kind of came across like two overexcited teenagers this show for the not all of it but for the majority of it you could kind of it kind of faded into the background so yeah again the best compliment i can pay commentary in, in british wrestling is you're not noticing it and for the most part i didn't notice it on this show um i still think also has got a, a long way to go um yeah, and there are, there are there were some dodgy moments. Uh, there was one where I particular I, I misheard. I thought they called uh, Chuck Mambo the uh, the Dairy Lee Bruce Lee. I was told it was the Dairy Free Bruce Lee, so I was uh, corrected on that. On, uh, on Twitter today, uh, <laughs> both so terrible. I suppose, suppose Ben or um, TK Cooper would be the laughing cow oh. Cooper, won't it? Oh God, <laughs> Teeks, you mean Teeks? That's what they get called on commentary. I was like, I like TK Cooper, but you're making me like him less with all this stuff. Teeks, uh, yeah. teeks, oh, I hated that, but it was no, I. I can't say it wasn't an improvement again it wasn't it wasn't like well-beaten commentary but it, it had more of a professional 
aura, I would say, um, than than the commentaries at these these last few shows. What are your thoughts of uh, Crowley as a as a performer? Obviously, Andy mentioned there. You know, we all enjoyed his, his short wrestling film. You are cordially invited at the end of last year. Um, thoughts on his character here? Um, yeah, no, nothing that f- seems feels not for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, I definitely wasn't a fan of the commentary. Maybe as a manager, he's a. You could argue he's a, he's a better fit, um, but he. He's a bit much. Uh, I've not really, to be honest, I've not hugely seen him wrestle. I don't know if have you seen him wrestle, Andy? Have you seen him actually do matches like you're saying? I, I've seen I've seen him twice, Ben Owens. Yeah. Like one time I liked him, and then second time it was a bit of a bit of a drag of a match. But mm. I do I do see potential in him. I'd possibly his pro his progress stuff comes across like he's uh, auditioning for CITV in the afternoon, doesn't he? <laughs> he's just trying too hard, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah. He is that. That's it. Yeah, he comes across like a bit like a kid's t- entertainer trying so hard. And you're right. You know, my first impressions of him and see him, you know, in the in the video that came around over Christmas time is as like a quite creative guy who clearly had you know something to offer at least on on that side. So yeah, maybe I should give him more of a chance. Maybe as we we see him more on these progress shows. Well, shall we get into the good stuff from the show? And uh, the one and only Dean Allmark. Making finally making his progress today. Doing all Mark, one of the old school Brits now, more known for working, you know, the camp shows. You know, he was on a number of Southside shows that I saw and stuff in the past. But um, I, I really enjoyed his match against Chris Ridgway. Um, you know, mainly for Dino, who is a born entertainer and, and should have been on some, I suppose, he, you know, with his commitments to sort of like All Star and things like that. So I think he's quite heavily involved there, isn't he? But I, I've always found him, you know, just that old school wrestler you know always you know gets the, the crowd going and things like that and i've always enjoyed his routine i'm surely you've seen him a number of times andy oh many times many times since dean seen uh dino you'd always get a title belt off him around july or august before summer season <laughs> never see him uh, but before, I think before this uh, progress sighting, I, I didn't see, obviously before like COVID it, I didn't see much like in a PCW or locally. He did a, a, a Tuesday night grab show against Tyler Bay, which was a like fantastic match. I mean, th- this match against Ridgeway, they had a, a feud against each other maybe three years ago, uh, three, four years ago in PCW over the cruiserweight title uh, I think it ended in like a two out of three falls match which or, no a submission match which I think Dino eventually won um, no but now great great to see him on progress and you can see in a lot of promotions at the moment he's uh, going to get uh, more chances like him Doug uh, Jodie Flash and what have you but what year is it? I, <laughs> I don't know but I, could, I couldn't get away from Dean Allmark he's starting to more and more look like the uh, former England cricketer Darren Goff <laughs> <laughs> Darren Goff what, in former uh, wrestler Darren Goff yeah. anyone that watched yeah. him in uh, well, he, his own right. yeah he was great in that wasn't he he was well better than Freddie <laughs> yeah. but no nah, I thought he was a very good match. I give it. I think three point two five on grapple. I seen Benno give it three and three quarters. He practically five stars for Benno on pro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I was a fan. I mean, call it like excitement to see and Dino get his shot. Like, I've yeah. I got to be honest. I mean, I know he's busy in the summer months, but I don't think that's the reason Progress never used him. They just didn't use him because they thought they were too cool for him. Yeah. And now they're desperate and they've got no one else. Mm. And they're calling Dino and they're, and they're putting graphics on the screen about, oh, Jody Fleisch comes back to Progress. It's like, back. When did they make progress? You know, we never worked them regularly. I know we did the odd shot, but you know, they were always too cool to, to use those guys as well. And our, how quickly they go begging back to the uh, the veterans of the Brit Res scene now that we we basically haven't got any. Um but you know, that aside, like I was pleasantly surprised. One that he was in a featured spot like this, and two, he went over because it's felt it's felt a lot like Chris Ridgeway's been kind of like the steady. Like Chris Ridgway for me has never really been a guy I've liked. I've always thought he's like, you know, a decent wrestler who's never the most memorable thing on a on pretty much any given Brit Rush show I see him on. So he's kind of been put in this almost as he's almost like the work rate guy in this modern progress where like he's the guy put on second from last where they're relying on him to have that that kick-ass match and I, I personally don't think it always happens so i just assumed like i genuinely went into this spoiler free that ridgeway goes over or mark looks good but you know fair play to progress they showed some some balls here and, and put the all mark over and yeah you know he, he's not a very progress guy is his look you know leaves a little bit to, to be desired he's uh you know he he looks like an all-star wrestler. He looks like Dean Ormark. He looks like Dean Too Extreme. That's just who he is, and he's probably never going to change that. But, you know, I'll give some credit where it's due. You know, progress, you know, went with it. And, you know, he, he is someone who, he's a veteran, yes, but he's not that old. I'm pretty sure he's still in his late 30s. He's, you know, he's not, it's not like he's 50 or something. He's someone who can absolutely go. He's someone who can go in a match like this with a Ridgeway and, you know, he's, he's unique. That's a big thing you can say about Dean Allmark. You know, he's because he's got that one foot in the camp scene and one foot in the in kind of the indie scene through virtue of doing PCW and doing a little bit of TNT and the like. You know, you you would imagine he'd be a very all star Bouillet wrestler, and he's got that in his locker. But he can do the indie style too, and you see it in like his Twitter and that, where he's always posting videos of crazy moves he's come up with, um, like the the Ruby Cutter that he that he did in this match, and. He's got a lot of things in his locker that I just don't think we've really seen on a mainstream Brit Res level. And mm. we saw little glimpses of that in this match that made it, for me, far more interesting than any other recent Chris Widgeway match I've seen. Again, I'm, you know, 3.75 stars is, is big for me for a progress match. And 0.25 of that is probably just purely because I was happy to see Dino go over. But, you know, it, it, it stood out above the crowd because it, it did offer something different. And it was, you know, just a, a strong match and probably the most interesting Chris Ridgeway's been in a while. I think that's because of Dean Allmark. And yeah, that came out of it, you know, after pretty drab progress show up to that point, feeling think, a little bit like, oh, I want to see what they do next with Dino. I, I, I think you, you you hit the nail on the head with Ridgeway. He's, he's, he's a good, like, wrestler, but he's not really had many outstanding matches. The only one that can come to my mind was... Uh, when I saw him against Ilya Dragunov at a breed wrestling show in Sheffield, I thought that was mm. really excellent match. It's on, it's on YouTube. But I think Chris Ridgeway's problem, and I always remember him making the joke of this at Tuesday Night Graps, where it'd be like, uh, oh, Ridgeway's booked, but is he going to wrestle? Who knows? <laughs> Car trouble. Well, the M6. Car, car, car trouble, yeah. Well, mm. he was supposed to be wrestling at Future Shot this uh this past weekend, and he t- gained a, like a, a shoulder injury or something. You're just like, ooh, going down that route again, are we? Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, I agree with you. We both, you guys. Yeah, I've never been that high on him, and he's not had that many memorable matches. He was really good on that uh, Never Show I went to in Japan. It was like a six-man tag. It was like him and Doug Williams and uh, Ogawa against the like sort of like you know Great Mooter and sort of like Daske Harada, and he looked cracking in that. You know, when he got the hot tagging, you know, and he was like firing away with the kicks and stuff like that. And that's probably the best I've seen him. But you know, that's hidden away in a six-man tag. You know, it's a bit of a different story when it's sort of like you know. A, the one-on-one match. Well, we both mentioned there about Jody Fleischer's coming into progress um, either on the next show or the show after that one. And um, I mean, with Brit Rest being what it is, would it be the worst thing? And I think you mentioned this before, Benno, if we've got a faction of the old-school talent, get Jody and Johnny in there, Dino and Doug Williams, you know, I think that'd work great in Red Pro. This, you know, the old-school guys coming in and going, you know, we've had to save the territory again because you guys have fucked it all up. I think that'd be amazing. Problem is, you're probably going to see it in every promotion up and down the country, aren't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Progress will do it, Red Pro will do it. Yeah. You know, we'll have promotions up in the north doing it as well. Catch, catch Pro Wrestling's doing it. They're actually a faction. They've mm. got uh, Jody, uh, Doug, and Dino replacing Rob Lynch. For a, they got there first. Faction, yeah. Mm. But it's, oh, I would yeah. say with Jody Flash, I was watching the show this week. Um, what we're going to be doing for my podcast, uh, British Uprising 2. And they were doing oh, like cool. a promo video, like Jody Flash's retirement in 2003. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's when that's he broke his hand, didn't he? Broke, didn't he break his hand or something? I remember it. I remember when he did. But I think he had a couple of retirements. I think the one was a hand, a really serious hand injury, and then he ended up coming back, didn't he? Yeah, it's either a, a serious hand injury or his missus won't let him out of the house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was always the story, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> What about um, some of the other matches on this? Obviously, we had Kanji uh, beat Giselle Shaw in the Best of Three series on the uh, on the previous show to this, and then face off in a tag match. Kanji team in with Alexis Falcons face off against Giselle and Mercedes Blaze. Um, obviously, you know, you know, there and you know, Progress Women's Division has been slagged off in the past. You know, with the what was it, the second or third match on every show, and them not really doing a great deal. But they do seem to be giving um, you know, a lot of new talent a go um, in this sort of like new version of Progress we've got this year. Yeah, um, I would say with Kanji, she's a really good like underdog baby face, like like as she comes across on Progress, and I think very deserving of the championship. Giselle Shaw because. She's had like a good running rev pro, like suits the role. Nice to see likes of uh, Alexis Falcon and uh, Tonga when she's been on. And I, I know it's like since that Thunder Bastard match in the first show, uh, like sporadic appearances with like Lana and Tonga and what have you. So it's, it's nice to see them get a chance. And I would say Alexis Falcon's like a talent you should uh, look out for. She's been uh, very good on the Northwest scene recently. She's much better as a as a baddie. She's quite she's quite gobby in the ring, which <laughs> I, I always enjoy when they're always giving like shit in the ring to the opponent. But at night, no, it's, it, it's good to see and just like getting away from like like if Ginny were ever to return and going mm. down that route. It's just nice to see they are going down like. Kanji Giselle Shaw, maybe well Mercedes Blaze as well. I think she's a a good talent. She looks a star in a gear. I like a gear. Just stands out. Mm. What about what did you make to the uh, main event then, Benno? Sort of like you know we, you mentioned it before. Young Guns against Lycos times two. Uh, decent. Obviously, Young Guns are always good, but I'm kind of over this Lycos thing now. I think <laughs> that's sort of like um, you know from 2018, 2019. It's not carried on well in this sort of like. 
you know, mid-COVID period that we're in currently. No, it's kind of weird, isn't it? It's just, yeah, multiple kid like us. Like, I'm just, I mean, maybe we're grumpy old men, Martin. Like, the, the yeah. Schadenfreude thing is, we're not, we're not the target audience, are we? We're not buying those hoodies and T-shirts and whatever. So, you know, me, I, I was going to say me. I know there's an audience out there that like the idea that there's now multiple like us, whereas we're kind of looking at it going, has kid like us ever done anything to deserve there to be a kid like us too? Like, honestly, would Joe Nelson not be better unmasked? I think the answer to that is absolutely yes. Uh, I think there's a, a very low ceiling on him as kid like us too um and yeah as a team it just doesn't work for me i'm just i don't think i'm ever going to be interested in them from from day one uh it's just not something i particularly want to see as a match though it was very good you know and again it this is oh i think joe nelson's a very very good wrestler uh young guns you know were hitting a lot of praise on them tonight and you know but kind of seem to be like the the kind of the bright spot of uh the britra scene right now those two lads and you know it was another example of that a balls to the wall match that had a great pace to it but also had a lot of logic to it there are a couple of uh, grounded lads who, who make sure that's that's in their matches unfortunately you know it, it lost a few points for me with the finish with you know using the powder or whatever the lycosses and the whatever the hell that was and mm. there was a moment in the match as well where you know we're talking earlier about oh god i wonder if uh, young guns are headed to nxt uk where ethan allen literally stopped in like the middle of the match in the ring to have a little stare at the tag belts outside the ring and just ponder what does it all mean you know that proper <laughs> wwe johnny gargano overdrawn Shawn michaels drama that yeah I, I didn't need in the match either so those two those two moments kind of you know particularly the finish pulled it down a little bit for me but i, I did think it was a a very very good match and i think oh, i would like to see the young i've seen the young guns win i'd like to see you know if if anyone's going to be progress champions, it should probably be them too. But I, I also kind of watched it thinking, ah, but at the same time, who are, they going to, who are the challengers going to be? Similar to what you're saying about NXT UK earlier. So, you know, despite my misgivings about the Lycos duo, I suppose it does make sense to, you know, give them at least, a, a, give them a go. And then you've got reason to, to, you know, to rematch them with the Young Guns and, you know, Young Guns have got potentially another team you've made there to, to work with. So, yeah, you know, my personal ceiling might be low for them too, but yeah, I can and see why as a bookie I might try. I do I do feel with the young guns that uh in especially in progress that they give them more opportunity to Luke Jacobs to um have a bit more time on the mic than what Ethan has. Because mm. generally when you when you do meet the two in, in person, Ethan's a more talkative one talkative one and Luke's a more quiet one. So it's it's I suppose it's a a good thing on progress that they have given the opportunity for Luke to actually get his personality out there, which is a plus sign. But on mm-hmm. the other hand, they should get uh, give Ethan Allen more chance to like be more gobby because he's very good at that. And also being, you know, reaching out for the tag for, for Luke every, every time that, that, that should be the routine with a match with the young guns because Ethan getting beat down, he's, he's a proper good, Baby face. I mean, in this match, I enjoy. I enjoyed watching it, but I, I just couldn't take my eyes off thinking, like taking away from wrestling and uh, like being a proper fan of it. I think this is like two skinny lads in wolf masks. Uh, what wrestling two <laughs> proper big, proper big young lads? <laughs> it just it just felt like that at times. But I'm a big fan of Joe Nelson. I think Joe Nelson on his own, yeah, could be a could. Could be a, 
I won't say to level Will, Will Osprey, but he could be up there. I mean, I, I saw him like one of my best moments watching wrestling was at Tider when he won the uh, the title there. Like the crowd going mental mm. when Joe Nelson won big baby face pop, and it's like you could be a, you could be a star on your own. Mm. And and the thing was with the old Lycos Jim stuff, it was a Tuesday night grabs thing. Yeah, that's where it all started. Now he's just gone in the mainstream where he's 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 picked it up from there. It's just I don't I don't want this, and mm. it, they, they seem to be pushing it pushing it through too much. And I could I would have rather seen the young guns win, give the, give them give them the titles. But I know Ben all said there is a once again a lack of tag teams. Who you gonna have facing uh, Lycos? Lycos is is it Mambo and TK? Don't look yeah. like it. They got beat. Big gun, big guns. Joe and Gene Money. They're they're at Bomber Card. Probably. Brendan White and Danny Jones, God help us. <laughs> the, 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 it's another case of there's a lack of tag teams. Mm. Well, I mean, you talk about sort of like lack of tag teams. I mean, Cara Noir, I know he's been at a, a couple of sort of like decent matches since Progress came back, but it just seems like, you know, he, he seems to be lost in the shuffle at the minute, Benno. And, you know, and it's like, where are they going with the Progress title? Yeah, that's an act that needs crowds, isn't it? That that's one that needs, you know, that faux applause when he does the big entrance and you know, it, the, whether you love it or hate it, it is an act that gets over live doing it in M2 arenas and such. Mm, I'm not so sure on it. Uh, it's kind of, you know, the the matches I've seen, you know, have on these MT Arena Progress shows and there's there is a ceiling on these MT Arena Progress shows, let me tell you. Um they've been fine, but yeah, kind of conspicuous by his absence on the show, wasn't it? Um, mm. you just feel like the uh, the big deal champion at the moment. So uh, yeah, these, I, I, I but I do I think that what they'll do is that you know, like most promotions that are in a in a holding pattern right now, he's in no danger of dropping that belt. And then anytime soon, I don't think there's anyone out there that he that he could drop that belt to right now. And I think they'll just be hoping once they they get back to crowds that yeah, you know, he gets a bit about that momentum going again that he that he kind of had running into you know that sixteen carat win and running into to winning this progress title that's kind of yeah dissipated and locked down. What one thing they were doing was um, not on this show, but on the show before this was uh, they had Spike Trevay on commentary when Charles right. Crowley buggered off commentary. They had uh, Spike Trevay on doing a guest mm. slot during a Car Noir match, and it looked like they'd be building up to building up to that. It's like Progress mm. are doing Riptide six months later, like <laughs> you know, like you have uh, Pro's booking. Um, all yeah, but it, it does look like they may be going down that down that route, but. Then again, it, it, yeah, it's another case of we're running out of challenges. I mean, they've got Elijah of all people doing a doing a title challenge next week. Who's he beat? Bloody Gene Money and uh, fucking um, skinny lad with uh, kick pads, Danny yeah. Danny Black. Danny He's Black, just, yeah. <laughs> there is a there's a startling lack of depth, isn't there? Like you know when mm. LK Messenger is getting onto your shows, like. <laughs> You've got a problem. Um, he yeah. looks proper, proper backyard him as well. Yeah, he? yeah, yeah. Nothing personally against them, but he no, didn't look no. like he should, should be somebody on the WWE Network, did he? You know, yeah. on a, on a progress show, he just he wouldn't he wouldn't have got a book in a few years ago. You know, they probably wouldn't have gone as strong with Gene Money as they're they're going. And yeah, there's a few like you mentioned, Brendan White, and you know, he's he's a guy who probably wouldn't got a shot. And there's, I suppose there's a negative to that, isn't there? But it also 
you know, makes clear the uh, the lack of depth this uh, the, you know companies like this have got right now. Because once you get past that top level of Car Noir and maybe Chris Ridgeway, like yeah, where it is, where it is, it's not just the tag division that's lacking depth. It's it's every division really, isn't it? And it's also interesting that they've not announced any sort of like come back to uh, live shows with crowds or anything. Yeah, have they? So um, you know, I'm assume I'm assuming we'll be getting you know if everything goes to plan and you know this delta variant sort of like subsides a bit and we you know Man. come out of this stuff sort of the other end of summer you'd think that progress will be starting to run some live shows so it'll be interesting to see what the attendances are for them and yeah. what what draw i mean it's all right doing these because you know you've got no one to sell tickets to and it's just you've already got this contract where you you've got this stuff on the wwe network but who, who you know who's going to sell the tickets to people outside the sort of like the young guns and coronavirus and you're going to have to have people matching up against Car Noir and whether, you know, WWE are feeling generous and they chuck some NXT UK guys down to them to maybe, like, pad the shows out a bit. But, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there again, Benno. You know, it's just this lack of depth and who they've mm. got, you know, to try and sell tickets for this because it's, it's it's not looking very good for them at no. all, is it? And it's not a new problem either, you know. We, we saw mm. that the dregs of, uh, of some of their shows going into lockdown and even to be honest the couple of years before it's 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 been like this for a while i think um yeah you know i think i think we, we can't all forget you know progress really what what is progress it, it yes it was the the wrestler in the ring but it was the atmosphere wasn't it and it was the the crowd as much as anything like that that is what made progress what it is that's what a big part of progress's personality is going to be is that same crowd going to come back in numbers for this level of talent um you know not this young talent with a lot of promise in in a lot of cases but not a lot of draws and like you said there martin not a lot of like dream matches that you can you can put together with a with a roster this bare bones i mean i'll be glad to see it because you know it'll be, it'll be in the end of roy johnson in an empty arena with you know his favorite ibiza tunes playing in the background mm. you know i'll be i'll be glad you know when we were maybe reviewing some some shows with a bit of an atmosphere but it's how much of an atmosphere we're going to get because you know attendance was down you know going into lockdown and and before it the electric ballroom wasn't a hot ticket anymore. You know, I can only speak from experience of, you know, being part of Grapple. You know, gone are the days of, you know, hundreds of people putting in ratings for progress shows. It's literally, I, mean, I can joke, but it's genuinely true. There was a point this week where there were three people, including Andy, who'd put their, their ratings on, and I knew what each of the three people were. I can name them, Don <laughs> Belty and Hamilton, uh, Andy Ogden. They were the three people who put the ratings in on the app this week before I got in there and a, a couple of other people got in later in the week. It was, it's kind of scary, you know, and if that's any indication of the the level of interest then yeah i don't think we're getting sold out to electric ballroom shows coming and yeah that might that might uh, make it hit home even harder that this is uh this is not the progress we are we all knew also how many people have they chased off who might not even care about the card who go down to meet with friends but they've chased off because of the lack of transparency True. on these comeback shows you know the stuff with paul robinson and that you know mm-hmm. how many people have they chased off because of that stuff mm. Yeah, that's so. it. When it when you build your promotion on a community and you let that community down, you know, you will face the consequences of that. So yeah, mm. great point, Martin. Yeah, the, the, very very much like uh like Brewdog. Uh, <laughs> 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 Hashtag yeah. not punk. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's I mean that Brewdog story today, there were a lot of uh, interesting parallels between sort of like Brit Rest and uh, Brewdog, yeah. weren't oh, yeah. there? I mean that was crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, I suppose sort of like uh, sort of sticking with that, um, you know, the theme of of transparency from wrestling promotions and the lack of it. I mean, because it is, 
you know, it's coming up to a year, believe it or not, you know, since we were, you know, the world was horrified at the countless stories from, you know, the brave men and women who, you know, revealed, you know, the amount of abuse and bullying in the wrestling industry. And, you know, we had a lot of promises from companies moving forward. And, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, certain companies and different things on the show, Benno. But, um, I mean, in, just in the last couple of weeks, you know, we've had LDN, who were a, a, a promotion in London run by Sanjay Bagger. You know, for anyone un unaware of them, you know, they started around 2004. And um, seemed to do pretty well, obviously. You know, the promotion's been running a long time, running venues in and around the capital, Um you know, there's a famous Brit rest story where, you know, allegedly the promoter paid someone in ham sandwiches once. Um, and then they've come back recently and they're using the likes of Daryl Allen, who obviously was named in Speaking Out. And then we've had Cassius um, on his Twitter profile sharing private messages between himself and Bagger, you know, where Bagger was using a lot of homophobic language towards Cassius. And, and that's just the first story there. I mean, Benno, he, he, I mean, obviously, you know, there's, he's got a bad reputation in, in British wrestling anyway, as far as some of the stories we've heard. But, you know, these first shows coming out and you're, you're already using the likes of Daryl Allen and then all these other things are coming out about you. It's not, you know, it just seems like we're back to square one with Brit wrestling, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of at a point now where I, I almost don't expect anything better. Um, I, I don't know. For me, I think that LDN story is kind of like my my question isn't about who they're booking. You know, yes, who they're booking. You know, in the case of you know Daryl Allen is is not you know encouraging in any way. It's downright disgusting if you ask me. But uh, that's not to me. That's not the headline. It's the fact that LDN is still run. <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. when you look at the allegations that were made about the promoter and allegations that go back years you know have to be careful about how we read this but mm. there's plenty of them if you want to google them um and there's more recent stories as you say with the, the homophobic language um that would be my starting question you know why would you one if you're a wrestler why would you work for ldn two as a fan why would you support ldn um and three um, it doesn't really surprise me that if you know the there are allegations about the promoter himself and those aren't being dealt with you know why is he going to give a a fuck about allegations against people he's using on his shows um that is the wild west of brit res and you know as we talked about last month and the month before i've kind of my focus has kind of shifted to okay you know talking the appg and things like that we need kind of a, a better monitoring system for training schools and we need you know safeguards for all of that as far as live shows go we're going to get a lot of this unfortunately and all you can really do is vote with your wallets i don't to be honest i don't think there was any danger of people within our bubble of supporting ldn in the first place they have a rotten product that was out of date in 2001 never mind now um but you know that's all you can really do that's the only power we've got people use their voice and you know have shouted down ldn to the point where i think they made their twitter account private didn't they but i don't think they're going to particularly change um so yeah all you really can do is use that voice and and not give companies like that your money but i can say thankfully that yeah i don't think most people are going to give ldn the money anyway is um ldn something that you've uh, ever been to andy in your uh, wrestling travels Thankfully not. I don't like ham sandwiches, mate. So, <laughs> bit, bit screwed there. Nice. Mm. It's, 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 I've seen it on, I think it might have been on the wrestling channel back in the day. Of all, mm. of all and it was fucking crap, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst thing on the channel. Yeah. How's uh, it still going? Never been interested, but all the reports about it, it's just like, oh, 
why why would you bother? I mean, mm. like there was stuff on Twitter this week as ever Twitter's active, and when someone would bring stuff up about LDN wrestling, you'd always get the APPG wrestling account like twer- you know, pop up saying, "Oh, we don't know about this," and then you get another person involved with APPG having a go at someone just asking about it. It's just it, it's an endless just circle of of shite. What's, what's going on? It's like no one's getting anywhere with, uh, you know, with this. It's, I think it's been it's been nearly a year now, hasn't it? And mm-hmm. yeah, it's like spinning its wheels for me. Yeah, I think that's the thing, though. Like the, I think that on that on that bit with the APPG, I think it goes both ways. That on the one hand, yeah, the you know the APPG need to be need to be transparent about who they're working with. You know, when they yeah. say they when they say stakeholders, if those stakeholders no matter who those stakeholders include, I think that list should be available everywhere. I think that's fair enough. On the other hand, though, maybe I don't say this so much about LDN, but there are other promoters people aren't fans of for various reasons, a lot justified. I don't know. I think when when, when an APPG gets formed and they deal with all stakeholders, they deal with all stakeholders. Like there's no, there's going to be people we don't agree with and people we don't like involved in the discussions. Cause otherwise, how do we, how do we clean up this industry without doing that, without reaching out to pretty much everybody? So I'm, I am really torn on that, that aspect of the story, you know, personal feelings aside about maybe some of the people that could include. Mm. But the thing is, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these smaller promotions, I would say, uh, are not then they're not really catering for the you know the the Twitter crowd the social media crowd they are oh yeah LDN don't care just like catering for like the local audience who probably wouldn't know about much of this stuff going on and what have you but mm. it, it all is, if someone like brings it up on Twitter that, that that's when it can you know raise these issues of mm. like what's going on and you you've seen like with PCW now I, I'm a big PCW fan but when I seen like um that week when Bram got um you know put on the post and then he said oh like a like an NWA star's coming over here um I like oh it can't be Aldi so oh, who's the other Brit coming over oh bloody hell it's Bram you, <laughs> it's just like you, you you know what's coming and my promoters can't get out of their own way, can they? It's like, why oh. Why would you use Bram? And like me and Benno said last month, is he even selling any tickets to anybody? It's like, why would you, why would you, you know, despite all the, you know, you know, accusations against him and all the, the issues he's had in the past, why would you use him even from a promoter's standpoint? Because he's not going to sell a single ticket to anybody, is it? So it's just like, why would you do that? But I suppose, um, as well as sort of like the LDN stuff, you know, we also had a, a statement from OTT Wrestling, who have been fairly quiet for a few months now. Um, but I suppose of note from the, it's quite a lengthy statement, you know, of note from from the statement, they put that, you know, if there's any complaints, that's going to be handled by an independent head of talent relations. And when criminality is alleged, you know, investigations will be referred to the relevant authorities and any performer has been subject to allegations and is subsequently deemed fit to return will be announced publicly before the event via social media and our ticketing site. And, you know, Motion also added that it will, um, you know, not comment publicly on any ongoing investigation if they arise. They're also going to draw up a, a code of conduct for fans. What that's going to look like, I've no idea. Um, 
it's interesting that the independent head of talent relations wasn't named here, so we've got no idea who that is. Um, a lot of fans unhappy with this one, Benno. Obviously, certain OTT talents have been making fun of fans or asking questions regarding this new statement by the company. And obviously, a, a high-profile wrestler, young wrestler for uh, OTT, Nathan Martin, announced that he was um, no longer going to be, be wrestling again and he's moving on with his life and he's quite happy to do that. And they seem to be certain other OTT wrestlers who seem to be mocking him for that decision. It just seems to be like handing out a dare, this whole sort of like big circle of shit going on around it, not just in the UK, but also over in our, in our neighbours of, of Ireland. Yeah, I mean, I mean, first off, like Nathan Martin can leave wrestling with his held held high. You know, that's yep. a that's a young man with a mature head on his shoulders who's made the right decision for himself. And the people involved with OTT want to make light of that, you know, old men <laughs> really twice his age who want to pick fights with with him and his partner you know they can get to fuck like that that's that that that's you know part and parcel of why you know i think ireland's a great example right now of where trust is completely gone like if you look at if you look at ott as an example and you could I even saw, you know, Tangaloa quote tweeted that and that safeguard announcement, like, oh, what a great idea. Oh, this is great. And you know what? If you looked at it in black and white and you didn't know the backstory mm. and you didn't know that the sniping and the immaturity from, you know, the promoter of OTT and his and a circle of goons, you you might read that and go, ah, that's fair enough. You know what? What more can you expect from a wrestling promotion? These are the things that a wrestling promotion should say. There might be things in there where you go, oh, I'm gonna don't agree with that. I don't agree with them, you know, uh, only disclosing, for example, the wrestlers who have been investigated, um, who are going to be working on shows. And there's, you know, there's a lot of gray area for, you know, who exactly, you know, they, they count as being properly investigated and who exactly they count as, you know, persons of interest that they should even, you know, consider whether they should book them in the first place or not. But you can in black and white terms go, okay, yeah, that's a good step forward. The problem with OTT is, and we all know a lot of, you know, the Irish wrestling populace, as far as fans go, that relationship is just broken beyond repair, like completely. And it's, it's clear as day and it's combative when it doesn't need to be combative. And it's just embarrassment, isn't it? Really? You look at mm. OTT it's like they were the absolute leader in Europe as far as promotions go. And they've put, they've made mistake after mistake with speaking out. They can, you know, do a statement like this, but when, you know, they are, and TNT did it too, you know, promoting, you know, videos with like a, a Jordan Devlin or the promoting videos with a Matt Riddle or the posting a picture of their, their training school with, with Scotty Davis in it. And the promoters snidely liking, you know, tweets having a go at their own fan base for being, you know, the woke mob and, and all things like this. Like, why would you believe them? If you're an Irish wrestling fan, why would you have any, trust for them as a wrestling promotion to to do the right thing you know why would you know they've got an independent safeguarding body and well allegedly independent safeguarding kind of team you know at ott and members of that team are quite clearly close with people who are persons of interest in speaking out and you know that's fine people are friends you know people who get sent down for murder in prison still have people come and visit them you know you can't you can't really police people like that people are going to be friends with who they're friends with but they probably shouldn't be part of you know uh, a, a safeguarding attempt like that for a wrestling promotion if they've got those biases going in and it just tells you from the start that it's rotten and like i say the combative nature of it and you know people associated with their their wrestling school going after young nathan martin for for retiring you know 40 something year old men you know who are supposedly in position of authority stooping to that like 
why would you trust the fuckers? Like I would, if I was living in Dublin right now, I've always wanted to go to an, an OTT show. I, I would absolutely not be giving, be giving that company my money at this point. I think that relationship and that fan, you know, that closeness for, of fans of that company is is dead at this point, and it's it's the company's own doing. Well, that's yeah. off uh, Andy to uh, Nathan Martin because I mean, you know, what a what a cracking young lad, great wrestler as well, weren't he? And and just like you know, he's just he's just you know decided yeah oh, this isn't for me anymore you know i'm gonna go off and do my own thing you know no no seeming bitterness from him despite you know some of the slack that he's been getting from people and you know that's off to him for just deciding you know this wrestling thing's not for me anymore yeah i, I, I i'm gonna say like echoing Benno's force like old tt was gonna be a a place i always wanted to go and watch wrestling because you know you see the reports on like social media like fucking hell this is this like great promotion to go to. And now when you see the disconnect between like the hardcore OTT mm. fans on Twitter and old uh, and OTT itself, just why would why would you bother? I, I've all, I've always thought as well with like um not just OTT, but a lot of promotions who've put the stuff out, they seem to obviously I know it's a health issue, but a lot seem to put more into their COVID protocols and well, they have the speaking mm. out stuff. It's just like a, a sentence, the speaking out stuff, whereas COVID protocols is about two or three sentences. It's it, it still it still feels like a lot of um, sweeping under the carpet, and it, it, it like people people forget about him. People won't. People won't. People want change, and sadly, it's not happening in these big promotions. Who should be uh, leading the way? No, yeah, I totally agree with you there. Obviously, yeah, they have got to have all these COVID protocols in place, but it just seems like that it's Benno Andy noted there, that just seems to take the majority of the statement, doesn't it? And obviously they do need all that stuff in place, but it's almost like they want to go, oh, look, pat us on the back for this, and then we'll put a little bit about sort of like our safeguarding and what have you, you know, in the bottom. Yeah, it's it's as we said when, you know, I think a lot of the some of it was justified, but a lot of the criticism, remember when Rev Progoff and are having their documents on a website, and it was like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's documents on a website. They mm. don't necessarily mean anything unless, you know, you've got the, you're going to follow through with it in the background. And yeah. that is what this feels like. It feels like a box ticking exercise. And I'm sure there are people who, who work with OTT would say that's unfair and they're being targeted by these disgruntled hardcore fans and whatever. But if a few of those people probably take a step back and ask why that's happening, you know, OTT company was built, was built on those hardcore fans and mm. they're going to get a sharp shock when they come back to shows. I'm sure they think they're going to get a, there's going to be enough people who, who don't care about all of this stuff and they just want to be their lab at a wrestling show and, and don't want to get in, involved with all this stuff. But I think they're going to find that their, their feet is going to continue to be, you know, to held to the fire by you know people like james who used to host this show and our other friends of, over in ireland who are you know going to rightly hold these companies to account and i don't i i seem to hear from a lot of people you know they're not going to be putting their money um into ott anymore people who backed ott when they were struggling you know last year there was gofundies and all kinds mm. that these horrible hardcore fans that you know that the company apparently don't like um were the ones that were you know saving the company back then and it is it's just a lesson in what not to do really um as far as fan trust goes and yeah i, I just don't see any reason to to believe ott at this point yeah and also and also those fans you know 
the memories of the promotion are going to be solid now. And I know it's not about us, you know, it's about the people who, who were affected by speaking out. But, you know, I went over to Dublin on St. Patrick's Day weekend and watched the sort of like, you know, when Devlin beat Walter for the title and they had Liger and everything and went on a night out around Dublin, got the uh, first plane back home in the morning. Um, yeah, and, and it's sort of like you, you just look back on that now and go, oh, well, you know, I was cheering sort of like these guys and all that. And it's just solid now by you were supporting that promotion, pumping money into it. And it just makes you feel sort of like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's that ruined. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, no, and I, I mean, think if a lot of the fans will be feeling the same way, won't they? I'd feel the same way if I was Nathan, Nathan Martin. You know what I mean? Mm. Wrestlers are quick to dump on dump on fans. Where's the where's the wrestler support for him? Mm. <laughs> it doesn't exist, does it? Because boys group boys club in it continues continues to you know tow the company line. You know, and they're just hoping this will blow over and they can come back to running shows and they can do the bare minimum and they can come back. But again, I think they're going to get a sharp shot. I think you also noted earlier as well, Benno, and uh, Andy, you may be able to speak to this as well. You know, we've got lots of shows being announced by a variety of promotions, and it's really going to be hard for fans to try and police them all and, you know, have a go at everyone over social media. So basically, it is up to you as the individual, isn't it, to look at which promotions you spend your money on, who's seemingly doing the right thing and using the right people. I mean, we can demand transparency all we want, but it seems that certain promotions won't be forthcoming with that. So it is up to you. You've got to vote with your wallet, haven't you? Yeah, certainly. So, I mean, Future Shock, who I seen at the weekend, I fully fully, trust them. I think they've got a lot of good uh, practices and protocols. They've probably said a a few times, like Benno, like Wrestle Island in like Birkenhead. Hmm. They've they've got their house in order, and uh, I wouldn't mind going seeing them because the sort of the promotion you trust out like the top ones. I think Red Pro have done a lot, a lot mm. of tra- transparency, more than say your pro, your, your, your Fed companies. You know your Progress, mm. your ICW, your OTT, who who have come across as proper shit houses. I think. Uh, because Andy Andy Quilden was the first one to put his head up of the uh, the parapet. Let's say he was used as a scapegoat for like a month, mm. but as it as it's gone along, I think he's been very open with what answers he can give, and I trust in him more than the the Fed the Fed lot. Uh, yeah. I, I, I would. I'm definitely going to put my money down to actually go and watch a show in London to watch Red Pro more than actually see see progress or travel over to Ireland. Um yeah, you you can definitely pick and choose the ones who you do who you do trust. And more to be honest, there is more promotions like at the lower end that you can trust. You know the ones who you can't trust. Like, well, LDN will be one of them, but uh there, there is a lot of good good people who do run these promotions, but everyone's going to be tied with the same big brush. And they... Yeah, yeah, it's difficult because I think we all, as you said there, Martin, going to have to have our own lines in the sands because, you know, some people might listen to what Andy said there or what I said about Rev Pro and go, well, they're booking Osprey, so that's, that, I'm not happy to go to their shows. Fair enough, you know. Uh, People are going to look at a TNT, you know, that we talked earlier about being excited to go to their show. But that excite the wind that that was taken out of me for a, you know a couple yeah. of days when they posted that that video with Devlin in it, you know. And I, I've spoken to people involved with the company, and they've kind of basically intimated to me they weren't fully aware of the extent of the the Devlin allegations and the fact that you know he wasn't proven innocent, and you know that they kind of withdrew that video and went, you know, 
they've never actually done an apology publicly, which I think was a real mistake. But, you know, I, I kind of have to look at that and go, okay, moral decision, is that enough for me to never go to their shows again? And I am, you know, going, okay, I'll go. You know, I'm going to their, their shows, you know, in a couple of weeks, the week after my birthday, like we said earlier. And, you know, but going cautiously. And that's kind of going to be the thing, isn't it? You're going to be going to shows cautiously. Who have they booked? Who have they announced? You know, what's, what, what's going to come out? What, what are they doing backstage? What are they doing for fans? I just, yeah, I think caution is uh, is probably going to be the word right now because, yeah, I personally don't trust any of the fuckers at this point. And, no. Yeah, a lot, of, uh, a lot of companies are giving us reasons not to. It's going to be the proof is going to be in the pudding, as we've said a million times, and we won't fully know, I don't think, till um, you know, after shows I've started running again. But I suppose before we get out of here, you know, one last thing I did want to talk, um, especially we have had an Andy on here, was uh, Aussie Open obviously spent a lot of their career over here in the UK and now obviously relocated back home to Australia. And they've uh, been having some cracking matches in promotions such as PWA and DMDU, and um, I've, I've managed to check one of them out. Um, it was from the DMDU show. Um, it was the one you gave five stars to, Andy, I noticed um, the other week. It was um, wow. against the uh, misspent youth. I mean, there was a cracking match. So it only went sort of like uh, 15 to 20 minutes. No, sorry. It was against the Velocities, Martin. Oh, sorry. I thought it was the misspent uh, youth. I'm sorry, my bad. No. Excellent tag match. I mean, Aussie Open. You thought Cal Fletcher's got big. Bloody Dungzilla's gone bigger since he's gone over there. Proper like uh, big lads tag team and the velocities like small lads underdog baby faces uh, just getting beaten around for a good fifteen minutes. He'd make their comebacks a, a couple of times, but when I was watching this match, it's just like some of the maneuvers they were like pulling out of the bag. The uh, velocities they were like a shooting star DDT that uh, one of them here like blimey, I've never seen this stuff before. <laughs> Thing is, with like the Aussie grap scene at the moment, production-wise, second second to none. I mean, you've got PWA Australia, well, PWA Black Label, which is um, they show quite a lot of the shows on uh, Fight TV. Quite a few of the Academy shows as well. It's like an upmarket PCW Academy. Mm. Um, it's nice to see full crowds as well there in Australia, obviously, because they've got COVID sorted out. And you also got MCW Melbourne Ch- Melbourne City Wrestling, which has got a number of like great stars. Slex, um, Adam Brooks is in there. Robbie Eagles is about. You've also well Charlie Evans is knocking around there. Jessica Troy. They, they've got a really good core um, roster. Uh, like over the couple of promotions, uh, Mick Moretti's another one, and they, they've got because. A lot of the Aussie wrestlers, what were over here in the UK, can't fly back. So they're stuck over there for maybe six months to a year. And it's bringing up their next level of talent with them. And now I've thoroughly enjoyed the shows. And that that match with the uh, Velocities and Aussie Open, it's about... I'd say 35 minutes, 40 minutes long, mm. but there's a, a two-and-a-half-minute promo video as well. I think it's on on YouTube, the uh, the promo video. The actual match is on either Fire TV or Fire via, uh, you know, everyone's friend Billy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, the actual promo video, like, gets you in, invested in the match of, like, uh, the velocities were here all the time and Aussie Open 
they were the big stars here, but they went away and they've come back now. So the velocity is saying like we're, we're we're the main tag team here, and it's such a really good match. And uh, I recommend anyone just go out there and watch Aussie Graps. I know the Melbourne City Wrestling's available for about two about two pound ninety nine on Vimeo. It's yeah, they're all like three hour shows. They've got an ex uh, FWA um, commentator on Nick London, uh, Andrew Coyne, who's you know when we were saying about Brit rest commentary was is shit nowadays. Mm. Go, go go and listen to uh, well Andrew Andrew Coyne, Nick London back in the day was a really good commentator, and he's still continuing this work in Melbourne City Wrestling. Very very listenable, very knowledgeable, and so is his like commentary partner as well. Uh, yeah, couldn't recommend uh, Aussie Graps enough, but I think the sad thing will be like it'll turn out like uh, old Brit rest six months' time. They're off to NXT UK. <laughs> <laughs> or Travis Banks turns up on the shows, which is, uh, I believe, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. I knew he's Twitch. He's, twi- he's uh, doing a lot of Twitch stuff nowadays. So hopefully he's staying on that and keeping out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, on a positive note, I've not seen this Velocity's Aussie Open match. And JP on Grapple will be uh, fuming at me. He's a, he's a big proponent of, uh, of Aussie Graps and trying to make me uh, do my homework and catch up. I will uh, I will have to do a big catch up session for uh, for Aussie wrestling one day. Um, or I'll just keep teasing JP and never do it. But this uh, Velocity's Aussie Open match, I'm just looking on Grapple. The average for it is 4.59, you know, and that's with, you know, 25 odd people rating it, including Andy giving us five stars. Like that tells you something that there's a, quite a few people giving that five stars. Like it was clearly, a, it's clearly a match that like is going to be in the running when it comes to, you know, even match of the year discussion at the end of this year. Mm. I think one thing, I think one thing with it as well with, uh, even like I did mention production wise, like Melbourne City Wrestling generally feels like an Aussie version of a uh, Riptide. They have like a, a two camera setup where PWA use a lot of the uh, the hard cam and they make really good use of the hard cam. So you're not, it, it, it don't feel like, you know, Kevin Dunn's got his finger on the button, like going camera shot, camera shot, camera shot. It, it's a perfect, perfect <laughs> all the time of the match. Yeah, it certainly seems like a burgeoning scene, doesn't it? I mean, there's been a lot of talk about it for a few years, but it always seemed like, you know, anytime anyone got sort of big like a Robbie Eagles or, you know, I suppose Aussie Open didn't get that big until they moved to the UK, but they'd move around the world and, and go, you know, with Robbie Eagles going to New Japan and stuff like that. But now, we're, you know, now they've got to stay in Australia. It seems like, you know, these guys who've been around the world are helping elevate, you know, the younger talent. And it seems to be, they seem to be firing on all cylinders. Definitely want to check out more of it. Uh, what do you think, uh, Benno, Australian wrestling experience? Uh, it sounds like a lot better than this Brit wrestler we're currently oh, watching. <laughs> after, this, after this last year, mate, God, yeah. I mean, hopefully we're getting live crowds back soon, so it won't be so bad. But yeah, um, it, it kind of is weird, like the, the the bits of Aussie wrestling I've seen to be able to see it, you know, with, with live crowds already and, you know, looking a little bit like a throwback to Brit Rez a couple of years ago but to pick on your point, your point there though as well Aussie Open are a funny one aren't they because like they got over over here they didn't get over in Australia like I saw their you know their big comeback match when they, they came back together and like it didn't actually 
totally feel like the Australian crowd really knew them. Um, obviously, it sounds like they're at the, the changing hearts and minds at a at a great pace, as you would probably expect them to do. But what a weird thing! Yeah, two Aussie lads came over here, got over, and now you know they're having to go back home and work there instead, and almost start mm. from scratch. Definitely. So, um, yeah, just before we um, head out of here, uh, Andy, obviously, we talked about um, you got your own podcast, Graps and Claps, at the start. Um, what episodes have you got coming up? What episodes have you just done? And um, how can people check out more from you? Yeah, so we've uh, recently done a podcast on, uh, we did Beach Blast 92. We also did an interview with a local wrestler, uh, well, local boxer turned wrestler, R.P. Davis. Uh, Recently did uh, an Aussie Grap special, and uh, coming up we've got uh, a look at FWA British Uprising 2 from 2003, and also an interview with a British Wrestling Revolution, BWR, uh, Richard Young, who's like the co-promoter slash booker of that promotion, so we're going to have a chat with him, and Obviously, we've got we, we, we've got the live shows coming up. Uh, we've got TNT uh, coming up at the end of the month, so uh, maybe maybe drag Benno on that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, if we're, not, if we're not doing our own in the other corner of the pub, mate, might start up uh, grappling couples, you know, competing podcasts. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. All trying to ruin each other's. Uh, yeah, <laughs> what about you, Benno? What's been happening over at uh, Grapple Towers this past month? Yeah, well, yeah. Obviously, yeah, we'll, uh, pl- we'll probably have coverage of that show coming up ourselves. But other than that, yeah, we did a, a show on uh, on Tuesday this week where we talked about the WWE releases, Andrade and, and AEW and Shingo in the uh, the New Japan title, which was uh, a lot of fun, as well as Tommy Bellend. So if you want uh, more Tommy M burials, you can uh, you can definitely get those over there. Uh, but yeah, on the Patreon side, we've been doing a, a lot of fun stuff as well. I had a couple of really enjoyable shows recently. We did their uh, most um, best biggest and best missed opportunities in wrestling podcasts where we looked at kind of you know where the the summer of punk went wrong and where like vader's push in 96 went wrong and you know where you know scott steiner could have been a big star in wcw was thinking of you and we were uh, doing that bit martin so yeah we have lots of uh, fun stuff like that going on we've got a an ecw uh, one night stand review coming uh, at the end of this week but yeah other than that a uh, daily news updates weekend previews all kinds going on there at patreon.com slash grapple and if you want just the uh, the regular podcast uh, every monday three hours just search uh, grapple in your in whichever podcast player you use i had to uh, mute myself there because i was still giggling from that um comment jp made on this uh past week's grapple spotlight where he was talking about tommy m being the greatest striker surely that was arthur scargill obviously i'm paraphrasing <laughs> there but that was absolutely brilliant nailed it, nailed it. Oh, yeah, yeah so like that to grapple yeah, yeah give <laughs> him some uh patreon stacks like uh and then benno will be able to get some uh swish flat like Braden and davy <laughs> No, um, stealing me bins or shitting on me doorstep. One day, one yeah. day. Uh, you've been busy though as well, haven't you? Oh yeah, um, we had a cracking show with a obviously on this very feed, a British Wrestling Experience feed, had a cracking show where uh, Bushby and Thompson's wrestling adventure. Uh, we invited Andy Colden on to talk about Beyond the Mat, and obviously Beyond the Mat, something that's been talked ad nauseum on podcasts, and obviously I knew. Andy um, was a big fan of the documentary and that, and I couldn't believe that he'd not rewatched it to uh, do the podcast scene. He seemed to know it off by heart, and he told some great stories, you know, with things involving him with some of the wrestlers and beyond the mat, and told um, a cracking story about uh, Triple H doing a rah rah speech before uh, NXT UK when uh, New Japan ran the same night in the UK, which was hilarious. So, yeah, <laughs> definitely go and check that one out. And obviously, me and Ben will be back next month, and uh, me and Andrew will be back. 
in a couple of weeks. And then um, I should have a big announcement coming up this weekend, just putting some uh, things together, but hopefully I'll be announcing this weekend a big project I'm working on. So, uh, yeah, be sure to uh, look out for that. And obviously, all roads leads to postwrestling.com. And uh, big announcement this week that uh, Nate Milton will be um, doing his Nubian Wrestling Advocates uh, show now on Post. Anyone who's heard that uh, before on the king of sports or when he did it for post uh post podcast day certainly something to look forward to and great um I'm always uh looking forward to more nate milton on the post feed so definitely check that out and uh yeah rate review subscribe if you uh follow us on itunes or wherever you get your podcast providers and uh andy just want to thank you so much for uh taking the time to come on with us this week really appreciate it mate be my pleasure, Martin and Benno. Thanks, always, man. always a pleasure talking to you, mate. And uh, we'll catch you uh, next month. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again.